You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on Podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network. There's a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also love to dive into other nerdy topics we all love to frolic about in our free time. Batman Book Club is also part of Patreon. If you like what you hear with the show and you want to help support it, you can do that at patreon.com slash the Batman BC. Anything you'd like to help with helps keep the generator running here in the Wayne Manor study. So thank you for listening to episode number 92, Last Night on Earth. Now joining me is no stranger to this show. He's been on a few times and he even has his own Batman podcast, The Fire Rises. It's Mr. Eric Carter. Eric, welcome back to this here show. Hi, Ryan. Uh, thanks for having me once again. This is the big number four, I think. Four. So I'm past the I'm past the hat trick. If you yeah, so. the hat trick's one thing, but then it's it's a whole new tier once you get to four and beyond. So this is where well, I stop counting how many times you come on. So I hope you've enjoyed <laughs> okay. it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't think I uh, I don't think I can uh, chisel away at some of the like. Justin Kowalski numbers or definitely not Pete Vera now that he's a, a monthly contributor to the Batman book club, but <laughs> he has yeah. a very comfortable lead over second place. So uh, yeah. we'll just, we'll just say that much. So unless he decides to not do it, which I don't think he ever will withdraw his invite. He's, he's here once a month. But oh, he, he loves reading comics too much to, to he does. that. Exactly. It's one of his favorite pastimes. Um, yeah, it's been a while. I'm trying to think. The last, I think, the last episode you were on was for Dark Prince Charming. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, that's it. So we learned long ago. I think it was way back in 2020, uh, a lifetime ago, when you were on the first time. What your favorite Batman story is? So instead of rehashing that, let's ask real quick: What Batman comics have you been reading lately? Or Batman material? We'll just say Batman material. Even. Whew. Well. You already know, Ryan. Uh, my last month has been these things. Oh, my God. And for people who can't see like Ryan, it's the uh, Snyder and Capullo volumes one and two omnibus. Uh, I think it's so in the yeah. shape of like an 80 pound dumbbell. I think is that a, is <laughs> basically about yeah. how big it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> so, yeah, I when we talked about doing this episode, I had told you a long time ago I wanted to do last night on Earth. And I decided, well, you know what? I haven't done it in a while. I got the uh, volume two omnibus for Christmas from my lovely wife. So I said, okay, well, leading up to last night on earth, I'm going to read the entire Snyder Capullo run. So I read all the way through it, (laughs) which I will tell you Snyder stuff works really well in a binge. Yeah. Um, So so does, does the omnibus volume two include the metal stuff? Or is Last Night on Earth the last story in that? So technically, that's outside the continuity of the New 52 stuff. So 
it is not included, but I kind of, now that I'm finished with this, I feel the urge to jump into the Snyder justice league and, and metal stuff. So maybe we'll see. Okay. All right. Oh, so how- on, I also say that, uh, I've been reading, started reading the, uh, the Batman novel that's, that's, uh, attached to the upcoming movie. I started reading that last night. So gave myself Booyah. a little break from Snyder. Nice. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us reading this thing. Um, yeah, not a challenging read. Uh, I will say that that was a little bit of a, it was refreshing. Isn't it a <laughs> it cute like, little book? It's, it's a so cute, cute little book. It is. And, and I like that it's a hardcover. It's a small, small detail, but it's like, I like this. It's a nice surprise thing going on. So um, yeah, very cool. All right. How long did it take you to go through the whole Snyder Capullo? Both of your omnibi. Um, it took, boy, uh, just a tiny bit over a month. No. Oh. So, which I mean, sounds like a long time, but that's a lot of issues. Yeah. Cause I mean, these, these omnibus also include like the tie in issues that were in between Snyder and Capullo's new 52 books. So it's mm-hmm. probably, I don't know if I'm going to ballpark it, maybe 70, 75 issues total. That's a, that's a lot, Eric. Yeah, in a month, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a lot. But you had fun. Um, and the culmination is the Batman Book Club for Last Night on exactly. Earth. Exactly. So let's get to talking yeah. about Last Night on Earth. Now, for anybody who is very uh, curious. Uh, Batman Last Night on Earth is written by Scott Snyder, illustrated by Greg Capullo, as you could have put together by what we just talked about. It was released in three prestige format physical books in 2019. It's been collected in a hardcover. It's been collected in a trade paperback. It's available digitally. It's on DC Universe Infinite. It's also on Hoopla. And as Eric just said, it's included in an omnibus. Uh, Eric, first question. Which version of this did you read? So, of course, I read the I read it in the omnibus. Oh, uh, the omnibus. My, oh, okay. It was my first time go. reading it through <laughs> in the omnibus. But I also went back sure. and I so I read this twice in preparation for the Batman book. Club. Wow! Uh, I You're read it in the omnibus, and then this week I read it on DC Universe Infinite. So, okay. Whoa! A little bit of both. Overachiever. Overachiever. Yeah. Um. This is a book that I resorted to my favorite app, Hoopla, to read from. Um, Yeah. And do you remember when, I mean, it's fairly recent. So when was the first time that you read this story? As they were coming out. I have, uh, I have my issues here, my, my floppies. Um, Nice. So I read, I read all of these as they were coming out and there was, there was a really big gap. It's like the. I think the first issue came out in May of 19 and then maybe June or July was the second issue. And it was all the way until December until the final yeah. issue came out. Yeah. That's and what I'm not I, re- sure. I remember as well. I don't know yeah. if you know if the, uh, why there was a delay or a gap there, but it's, I had to, I definitely had to reread the first two issues when the third one came out. Now I think I want to say that there was, information about it at the time 
but it, it would have had to have been like maybe Scott Snyder tweeted something out. Uh, I don't remember. And I didn't, I didn't go back to try and find stuff for this. Not I was either. just like, yeah, to me, it's not necessarily eh, whatever. Um, if I have the time and I really want to know, but otherwise yeah, just look, there was a gap between issues two and three. Yeah. That was the first time that I read it too. Um, I actually reviewed it for Batman on film and uh, Ooh, I'm going to have to go we, back and look that up. Uh, more on that <laughs> during our discussion. Uh, I'm not going to show my hand at all on anything yet, but yeah, we'll talk about that when, when that comes. So lastly, of all the books to that you could pick from, why did you choose last night on earth for this episode? So anybody that has listened to me on this podcast before, or uh, on my own podcast knows that I'm a, I'm a huge Snyder fan, especially the, the pairing of Snyder and Capullo. Uh, that's, that's my lane. I know it's, it's popular Pete Vera to, uh, to pick on, you know, 2011 Batman fans, but <laughs> um, <laughs> Snyder and Capullo actually did get me back into reading Batman. Uh, I had fallen off of comics for quite a while and I knew there was a Batman number one coming. So mm-hmm. I figured, you know, what better place to jump back on than Batman number one. So I remember picking up Batman number one uh, of the new 52 run and I fell in love with it. Um, just a little throwback court of owls is my favorite Batman story ever. Um, so when I found but out, still go that back and were... listen to Eric's first time on the show, the whole, the whole discussion <laughs> is good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Carry on. Carry on. So, Um, when I found out that this book was coming out, I got really excited because, you know, it had been a while since we had gotten Snyder and Capullo on Batman, you know, solely Batman. So I was excited about it. And, um, yeah, all the other big Snyder Capullo books were kind of taken on your show. Uh, and I didn't figure a lot of people were going to ask for this one. So I like the, you know, the, the kind of underdog books we've talked about that before, so I figured sure. this would be a great one to uh, to talk about. Well, this would be very fun to discuss because this may be the first time in the history of the Batman Book Club coming up on two years uh, next month that this show has been around uh, 92 episodes. And this may be the first Batman book that I don't really like that I've covered. Ooh. On the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hot take. But I have full respect for uh, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo and the people who read this book and really like this book. And I'm excited to talk about it because I like to re- talk about my discussion with Javi Trujillo on Batman RIP, the mm-hmm. most stressful episode of the Batman book club in its uh, 23 month existence, because that book is to me very frustrating. Um, this one I don't think is very frustrating. I think I know where I stand. However, it's good to talk to somebody who is really enjoys the book. Maybe some of this stuff that's not clear to me will be clear mm-hmm. by the time we finish talking about it. So I really look forward to talking about about this story. Well, let me and, put a disclaimer out there, Ryan, before we get going. Um, okay. If you don't like this book and talking to you and any of the listeners, I completely get it. Mm-hmm. Um. I think this is one of those books that you either go with or you don't. Yeah. Uh, and there's not much, I don't think there's a lot of in between area. Mm-hmm. It's either this fits your Batman sensibilities or it's way outside of them. 
And I appreciate so. that with you too, because you're a very sensible uh, young lad um, as I've gotten to well, talk to you, you and get to know you uh, over the years. And you're not someone who's like, you don't like it just because you didn't get it. That approach, you know, no, that yeah. that's yeehaw approach that I just love from people um, treating that just because views are different is because you're dumber than they are and you just didn't get it. And sometimes it's like stuff just doesn't work. And we'll get into some specifics on what didn't, because I also do have positives to talk about uh, with the story as well. Uh, a funny thing about writing the reviews for this, mm-hmm. the first issue came out uh, and I was in Chicago at the time and I was taking a bus to go catch. I don't know what movie. But uh, from work, I caught a bus. I was going to the theater and uh, Peter Vera himself called me. And this was our first phone call we've ever had. We we texted, emailed and all that stuff before. But we hadn't talked on the phone. And he called and I'm like, uh, hello. Yeah. Am I the only one who doesn't like Batman last night on Earth? That's his <laughs> opening line to me. And I'm like, what? He's like, am I the only one who doesn't like Batman? Because my review had been posted that day on Batman on film for last night on Earth book one. And I gave it a good review. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was all in on it. And so, yeah, we talked about that book and everything. The second issue came out. I wasn't so hot on it. And then there was that gap. And I don't know if I refreshed my my memory of reading the first two books by the time the third one came out to where I had I emailed Bill and said, Bill, can I just not write a review for this one? And he's like, yeah, it's okay. We don't have to write a review. We just won't talk about it. So I didn't, I didn't write a review for the third, the third issue. That'll be interesting to go back and read those, the first two uh, on the website. So there you go. There's a little plug um, for BOF. Now, one thing I do want to bring up because I think that it does tie into this story is a certain kind of short story written by Scott Snyder, illustrated by Sean Murphy, that was first published in Detective Comics Detective number 27, 27 in 2013. I believe it was also reprinted and collected in the Batman 80th anniversary uh, hardcover. Mm-hmm. And I really want to say it's been in something else, too. Uh, that that story brings about this this idea of a new Batman is created every 27 years. Is that correct? 25 or 27, something like that. Okay. And this new Batman is created in this Batcave, has kind of like the memories of Batman. It's almost like starts where, think when you read, you know, uh, Detective number 27, uh, the original. Mm -hmm. That, That established Batman and all that stuff. Like, that's how this new Bruce Wayne is created every 25 or 27 years. And that idea was presented first in that book. Now I bring that up because that's referenced in this story. And I do believe Scott Snyder had tweeted out, um, in building up to this story about this was kind of a culmination of him and Coppolo's run. A lot of the beats that they had, uh, played out in the new 52, like they were going to be referenced in here. And, that was definitely one that really stuck out to me. And that story, actually, I I respect the idea and think it is kind of clever. I just I kind of don't like it. <laughs> I just. Yeah. And I like I said, I, if, I don't like it. <laughs> that's that's one of those parts where if you don't like it, I, like I get it. 
Um, one thing that I really, really love about Scott Snyder is he's great at planting a seed mm-hmm. in a story mm-hmm. and then f- further down in the arc, bringing that back to life because yeah. the, that machine aspect that recreates Bruce Wayne to be Batman also comes up in super heavy. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's one of those. It's one of those little things like the like the Gotham is column in the Gotham yes. Gazette. It yep. comes up all throughout Snyder's run and it also comes up in this book. So that's that's story consistency is one thing that I really really enjoy about Snyder's writing. Absolutely. And I I I guess that could be the prerequisite for going into Last Night on Earth is that. Otherwise, I think I think you could jump right into this story. You get more out of it if you've mm-hmm. read Snyder's run. Right. But I think you could hop into this book without having read all of that. And you could still, you'll get it. You'll get what he's putting out there. Well, and what's what's so interesting about this book, Ryan, is that, and I think you've probably read this. Have you read the afterword that he put at the end of book three? I mean, when it first came out. Um, okay. That, that's not included. That's included. Oh, no, no, no. I, You're right. It's not. It's okay. So it's in the omnibus. I think it may be in the hardcover. Um, um the, it's released. It is in the Barnes and Noble exclusive. Okay. There you go. Uh, so, but I don't, I want, I wanted to get that when Barnes and Noble did their right after Christmas half off sale. And I almost bought this book knowing I was doing this episode and because I wanted to read that afterward and such, but I, I held off. So I don't know what's in that afterward. I forget. Okay. So, I don't have that hardcover either because I was waiting for like a deluxe edition yeah. or something like that. And now I have it in the omnibus. So, but there anyway, the afterword, it's very interesting because, um, so you find out in the afterword that the bones of this story were actually laid. He, he basically wrote this story in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was freaking out about, um, I think there was a, he was feeling a lot of pressure being on the Batman book, even though he had been doing it for like two years. I, I don't know if it was where he was, he didn't know where to go next or, you know, whatever the case may be, but he actually got advice from Grant Morrison of all people. And <laughs> Grant said, look, have a beginning and have an end for your Batman. He said, and then it makes everything else in the middle a lot easier. So he actually wrote the bones of last night on earth way back in 2013. It changed a little bit when they actually got to the final version, but Mm -hmm. that is, that is also another thing that I really, really like about the story, not just this book, but the entire Snyder Capullo run. Um, I enjoy a book that I can read a beginning, a middle and an end. Uh, I know that's not popular sometimes with Batman, but that's one thing I really love about the Dark Knight trilogy because you have one contained Batman story, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you have that with Snyder's run here too. And regardless of what you think of Last Night on Earth, it is it is the end that he intended for his Batman. And I think that's a really cool concept. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to with the Grant Morrison part because, yeah, he'd, he's said that I think... Grant Morrison's run is his favorite Batman. And yeah, he said with Morrison told him your character, like for for it to be definitive, it needs a birth and a death. 
And so mm-hmm. that's where aspirations for this. But also I remember Sean Murphy was, I think going to be the artist for this story. Yep. Uh, was even teased of like, it was called last night. And mm-hmm. I remember being excited for that because I liked Sean Murphy's work. And um, I think when that was announced, white Knight was, it had a few issues that had come out too. Uh, and then I think Snyder had ultimately said, you know, like, you have to like know the book and this isn't like maybe Sean isn't the right piece for this and then went back no, to Capolo and that makes total sense. Yeah, it does. And I, I, I love Sean Murphy. Uh, yep. I've done an episode here on a Sean Murphy book, but that's right. I, I don't think the sensibilities of this book fit Sean Murphy's art. I think Capullo was <clears throat> pitch perfect for this and it, and it fits with the rest of the run. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. even though, I mean, this, this was a black label book, so it it's not technically canon or it doesn't technically fit in with the new 52, but it, if you read it along with all that stuff, it really does. <laughs> yeah. And there's just, there's not pitch perfect teams very often on like in comics, you know, and mm-hmm. Coppolo and Snyder are, are one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it to me, it only makes sense that they're the team for this quote unquote final story of their Batman. So also it can be collected in an omnibus. So there you go. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. You want to know something ironic, Ryan? Uh, yes, always. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Grant Morrison, Batman. <gasps> no way. <laughs> but I love Snyder, Batman. How weird is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and that's where I can say, you know, I get it. <laughs> uh if you listen to batman r.i.p i still don't know if i'm a fan of grant morrison's batman or not <laughs> i can tell you at the time that it was coming out month to month it was a hell of a ride it was just the such, the ending was not fun <laughs> that was such <laughs> a fun episode to listen to though just so you know i was sweating it was <laughs> it was stressful all right <clears throat> so um I think when you showed me your book, you've got all sorts of um, notes for it and everything. So I want you to just kind of take it away on the the points. We don't have to take it through the whole. This is what happened every every because se- in it are are they chapters, right? There's ten chapters. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we don't so have to there's... go chapter by chapter, but um, start us off. Right. So so the basic premise of this story is. You talked about that seed that was planted where um, Bruce Wayne created a machine to replicate himself every 25 to 27 years. uh, So that way that each each new generation has its own Batman, Mm -hmm. which whether you like the concept or not, I mean, it is a very Batman idea to, you know, want to have a way to protect Gotham and the world. Um, with a Batman constantly. So the way that this story goes is that we we're kind of getting the story of a new awakening Batman, except when he awakes, things have gone all wrong. Um, the world is in a mess. Uh, there it's post-apocalyptic. Is that what you would call it, Ryan? I think, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like a Mad Max style wasteland. And uh, yeah, we're going, we're going through this, uh, through this world 
as uh, as Batman tries to figure out what's happened and uh, what what he can do to stop it. And it just so happens that along the way, his uh, his partner, his uh, sidekick in this, is a uh, beheaded Joker in a uh, in a jar or a lantern. <laughs> So. And that I feel like that was kind of plastered everywhere. That was quite the hook to draw everybody in of what the hell is going on with this book. Yeah. Joker's head is in a glass jar and it's alive. What? Yeah. <laughs> but let me say that it's it's a hell of an image. It is. I mean, I mean, I love it so much. I got the little uh, the Q fig. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, um, well, there's it's unmistakably uh you know what book this is. You see that mm-hmm. and you can you can only hope that you create something where one piece of it is definite. Like, you know what that's uh, connected to, what that's representing. Yeah. You see that Joker head in a glass jar and you're like last night on Earth. Yep, exactly. It's it's uh, I don't I wouldn't call it iconic because it has it's been it hasn't been around anywhere near long enough to be iconic, but it's, it's definitely, you know what that is, like you said. Yeah. Um, but we did skip that. I, I do want to go back that the way this book opens is that Bruce Wayne or this, this new Bruce Wayne wakes up in Arkham Asylum and you know, well, he's you, you led have, to, uh, he's read, he's led to crime alley. Yeah. The spot where his parents were murdered. Because right. there have been clues of like a, a red chalk line. And when he yep. his satellite sees it's an outline of a dead body or a dead Batman oh. with where yep. his heart would be is that exact spot. It's Interesting in start to a book. Not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> okay, carry, so, on, and, carry and, on. Yeah. And so when he gets to Crime Alley, he finds a uh, uh, deceased little boy. Um who is very badly decomposed. And when he tries to, you know, investigate the boy is, is rigged with a, with a gun and Batman supposedly gets shot. And then we get Bruce Wayne waking up in Arkham Asylum and we have, uh, Alfred kind of telling Bruce that none of, none of this is real. Batman's not real. He's created in his mind and he was the one that killed his parents and all of these villains that he's that he's conjured up in his head are really the doctors and the people who work at Arkham Asylum. So his his main doctor is Doctor Redmond Hood, and you know you see like Harley Quinn in there, and you see Penguin, and and they're all these these doctors, which I thought was a really neat concept to open a book. It Bane, reminded Riddler, me of yeah, yeah. It reminded me of Shutter Island. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not. Yeah, I, that's a, I thought Shutter Island. It's been a long time, but something uh, twelve monkeys ish a little bit about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. And also the vibe of it. Something made me think perchance to dream. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. I mean, just because of the whole like, you know, dreaming and he's like aware. No, 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 no. This isn't right. This isn't real. But the reality in front of him is being like, no, this is real and making him really question himself. I think that made me think perchance to dream. So there you go. A three, um, three ingredients right here. Shutter Island, yeah. 12 monkeys perchance to dream, which I will say, I think you could take that same concept and write an, a, a different Batman story yeah. and make it interesting on its own. 
just yeah. Batman, you know, waking up in this asylum and, you know, Alfred convincing him that Batman is in his mind. But anyway, yeah, yeah as we go forward, you know, he he figures out that this is all a ruse and but i do like that i do like how far alfred went to try to convince him of this you know because he had the straight mm-hmm. jacket and the and the what is it shock therapy helmet that looks like the the batman cowl yeah so he tries to convince him that this is his bat suit and he's you know even more conjuring in his mind of what's going on here so, but of course our, our Bruce Wayne figures out what's going on. And, and this whole thing is a intricate setup. Um, and Alfred's just basically trying to keep, keep his boy, keep him from going down the madness that is Batman. And he's mm-hmm. trying to, you know, he's just trying to keep this version of Bruce Wayne with him so he can live happily, I guess. So, so far as the start, what did you, what did you think of all this, Ryan? The asylum part I thought was great because mm-hmm. I mean, that wraps up. I mean, what was that? Probably halfway through book one. Mm-hmm. So I knew that there's a lot left here, but I found it interesting because of the things that we just said that we thought about when we first opened it and read it. Um, and it was interesting to me of, well, we know that it's that he didn't just make it up in his head. So what's, what's really going on here? But mm-hmm. cool that it's making us ourselves think it all does add up and what Alfred's trying to tell him. And then here's yeah. here's his quote unquote cast of doctors that he's created as characters and villains in his mind. And it's like everything checks out like, oh, there's a Joker. You kept saying that this guy was Joker. You kept saying that this was, you know, uh, that this was your I think they said like a physical trainer or something. That was Bane and and all those like all of that is checking out. And stuff that Alfred's saying is checking out. And so it is, that to me is interesting. I do like mm-hmm. that part of it. And then it'd be like, okay, so where are we going to go with this? Um, so it's the where we went that you were, <laughs> you were such yeah. a fan of. And that's not okay. because, and so then we, I mean, stuff did click better this time than it has in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get that, which was introduced way back in that what was it batman number i mean Detective maybe it was no maybe it was batman number 1 that that dick had the the mask you know that he pushes it and then it changes the face oh yeah batman number 1 in the new 52 that that's something yeah. that scott snyder likes to use and bring up a lot which i've always dug um that's a cool yeah. addition and alfred's wearing that to where he reveals that alfred's actually really old at this point mm-hmm. he's not as young as uh, that mask is a appearing but yeah once he came out and we entered the mad max world that's where i got very like okay because i didn't even mind this bat suit you know of the straight jacket with the cowl like of course it's not like this is my favorite bat suit of all time but it's like i don't know it's different that's cool like i i didn't yeah, mind it it looks really okay. cool. I mean, I don't want it as a regular bat suit, but it looks cool. No, I didn't buy I didn't buy the McFarlane figure for it, and I'm not going to, but I mean it something about it, it does look kind of cool. So mm-hmm. I think what ends up what we're or not where we went was I'm along for the ride. I just hope that there are that the destination's worth the trip. Right. And the story I feel does become like a travelogue 
with exposition. And then there's a lot of complexity thrown in on top of some complexity. And that's something I think maybe I've brought up in every Snyder book that we cover. The guy is, is fantastic. I think he does get wordy and he does get extremely specific in his wordy dialogue. Well, and, and that's that a fair criticism. To, and, and it's because not like, even, go ahead. Oh, even Greg Capullo has said, you know, sometimes he has to say, Scott, I got to get the drawings in somewhere. You know? <laughs> so Yeah. And so it's not like I want, this is too smart for me or anything like that. It's just, let's take that mask, for example, that Alfred mm-hmm. pushes and it turns and he's actually old and it's a mask. I don't really need to know all the science behind it, followed mm-hmm. by the next move, all the science behind it. And then the next move, all the science. Like I get the gist that slows down the pacing for me. That ends up getting like that slows down the story too much for me sometimes. Right. Well, and I'm not making excuses for him, but correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he like a like a novelist before he wrote comics, short stories um, or something like that? Yes, he did have a short story or he wrote a short story book. I think that was like his only published work before. And then that mm. got him noticed for American Vampire. Right. So I do think he gets he he still even all these years later, he gets into the habit of trying to put as much detail yeah. as possible in there uh, for the reader when, you know, comics readers, and this is a criticism. I love Scott Snyder, but this is mm-hmm. a criticism. I see um, comics readers don't always need that level of detail. Just let the art tell us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but so, yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's fine. Uh, that is something that kept me back. I'm trying to think I can just get it all out now where of, Okay, so it's a travel log. There's a lot of exposition. Uh, I don't really love the designs of characters we end up meeting on the way. Uh, I give this team all the credit to come up with something original. Prior mm-hmm. to this, I think Snyder's whole Batman run and, you know, one to 52 is such a focus on Gotham. He said in mm-hmm. all of his interviews so much of thinking of New York and how it was a character to him growing up and stuff. And he incorporated that into Batman and Gotham is the first words in (laughs) his run way back when where Gotham is. And in this story, it's like, Nope, we're out of Gotham. That's not, that's not the the, uh, character in this really anymore. So Mm. that's doing, it's doing something different. Well, I mean, and if you were to say that once he leaves the 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 fake Gotham that Alfred has yeah. created, yeah. if you were to say this becomes like a almost kind of a Justice League story, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be far off. I mean, because it, yeah. it's it stays Batman focused because you're you're going through this journey with Batman, but you see every corner of the DC universe, so it does become kind of you know it does become kind of more than just a Batman book. So if that's a criticism that people would have, I, you know, I can't dispute that. Um, dispute me, just do it, (laughs) but you don't know what you're talking about. But I think, um, Snyder is very much for me, like an amalgam of Grant Morrison and Jack Kirby. Yeah. Uh, you get a, you get a lot of, of good grounded or not grounded per se, but, focused Batman stuff. And then you get some really wacky stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
yeah, and and it just works for me. But I, you know, we we probably can't go beat by beat as we did through that first little section. But basically, after Batman uh, leaves, you know, because Alfred knows he's going to leave, so he asks. I, I do like the little part where he asks him, you know, take it, take something to remember me by. So he takes the penny that was in his uh, in Bruce's cell to represent the penny from the Batcave. Yeah. Um, and then when he gets out, of course, he, he crawls through this, this fake Gotham and it's in, it's buried in this desert. And once he digs himself out, he, fi- he finds the Joker's head hanging in a jar. And, uh, the Joker kind of promises to tell him everything he knows if he takes him with him. So the Joker becomes Batman's companion through this apocalypse, apocalyptic Mad Max world. Yeah. So yeah, and then and then from there on, we f- we follow Batman as he encounters uh, many different parts of the DC universe that's you know gone wrong in this in this world. You get the the Green Lantern rings that are kind of working on their own. They've gone awry and they attack Batman and the Joker. And then we meet you know of course the 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 Mad Max Wonder Woman and her crew of Amazons. And it's kind of all leading to uh, back to. Gotham, but we get some stops along the way with, with Superman and Lex because Bruce wants to find Superman. There's rumors that he's in this. What is it? The Plains of Solitude. Yeah. So yeah, Question it's mark. it's <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is the Plains of Solitude. Um, but yeah, it's like it it is like a road trip journey trying to get to the end of this story, and each stop on the trip is something that we see go wrong or that we've seen gone wrong from the DC universe, whether it be yeah. the green lanterns or wonder woman uh, or Superman until we finally get back to Gotham at the end. So I don't know how much time you want to focus on each little part of that, but you know, it's well, the, the, the Lex part is, create it well the superman part let's go with that in which we do Mm -hmm. learn because wonder woman has told batman up to this point that superman's dead he's gone yes they give the backstory of what happened to the hall of justice i think what i don't like in this is that you're batman but bruce died you're not the real batman and that constantly kind of can make you take a second and take you out of it and try to connect the pieces on what they're talking about because Mm-hmm. Batman opened up the door to the these people to the open the door of the Hall of Justice. That's what ultimately started. I think like the. What do you want to say? That's what started a lot of this. Um, yeah. Taking because, over the uh, heroes and the villain the, Lex rallied the troops, but then they turned on him as well. But then it was like it's it's we get like four panels and a ton of dialogue to try and almost tell the whole history lesson. And so there's a lot, and that's what I mean by it's a, the books like a travel log because they're on the move. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of just exposition. And that to me was one point of, I don't know there. I, I am a lot of times like a show just don't tell. Uh, Right. And that, that was all tell and not enough show to me um because i i can it can work for me to do a flashback of like this is what really happened or to catch us up and on catch catch us up to speed here 
And then, yeah, that whole it just it was a disconnect to me of that. That's not really you, Batman, because then it goes back to, oh, this is a just birthed, uh, you know, detective number 27 again, who has mm-hmm. some memories, but not all memories. But then he's not he's trying to catch up to where they are now in history. And like it just it gets. Personal opinion, it gets messy to me at that point. Well, and see, and for me on the other end of that, I, I love the little details. It's what I, you know, sure. it's what appeals to me about Snyder. Yeah. Um, so it's the same thing with like, if like, I love reading Lord of the Rings stuff because I love mm-hmm. like diving into the world and all this little world building stuff. So for me, um, finding out that this all started with Lex Luthor versus, versus Superman in a debate, it yeah. wasn't a fight. It wasn't a big, you know, Superman versus Lex in a mech suit or anything like that. It was, it was a debate and it it sounds like the world was kind of already going to shit before this debate, but it was basically Luther invited Superman to debate and let the world choose telepathically uh, justice or doom. And they had, uh, kryptonite shards planted under the earth and whoever lost this telepathic debate would be impaled by kryptonite. So, and, and basically, you know, even Lex thought Superman had won. Yeah. And it turns out that no, um, it was, it was Lex that had won. So Superman was killed. And that's what started this whole, this whole thing of, you know, people chose doom. The world kind of went to crap. And I do love though that at the Hall of Justice, whether when they were debating all these hordes of people who, after Superman's death, were just attacking, um, Bruce had faith in humanity. Yeah, and Batman was the one who decided, no, we need to give him a chance, and he opened the door, even though it didn't turn out well. I like that it was Bruce that had that faith. And I did take notes of a. Uh... So this is. So there is kind of a cool like swamp thing, army monsters kind of uh, fight that takes over in a couple pages. But there's a quote in here in which also it took me a long time to, to realize. So this first person narration, that's the Joker. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily work for me either because <laughs> oh, really he, so this is what a journal that he's written, but yet he does at this point, he only has a head. Isn't and the it, Joker doesn't take notes. He doesn't like, well then I took it as maybe it's kind of like an audio recording or something like that. Mm. And you're just getting, you know, you're reading it uh, obviously because mm. you can't listen to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't. Eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, or maybe this is Joker telling the story after the fact to someone. Maybe. But yeah, it, the whole book is Joker's narration, but I got to tell you, well, I, I was, gonna, well, I was just going to say to con- to connect. Okay, we'll go to Joker right after this. What you were just okay. talking about, uh, I do mm. like on in, in my book, it's page, it's number 70, where the quote is the scene. So this is the Swamp Thing monstrous fight. And it says the scene below was the most natural thing in the world. What had happened here? The same thing that happened everywhere else. We'd revealed ourselves and it was a horror show. That to me is like the it's a that's a lesson and a warning that I think in almost every apocalyptic story is telling 
of mm-hmm. humanity needs to check themselves because this is where we could end up. We have, yes. we have rules, we have uh, societal norms, um, humanity in itself. We know how we need to treat each other and such. We can't get too out of line because, and then, you know, you name the apocalyptic show or movie or comic or whatever. I feel like that is such a core of every story. So I really like that line in this because that does like that connects to what you just said of Lex and Superman both thought, obviously people are going to think Superman, but no, they chose doom. Yeah. And and, I mean, it is very telling because how many people choose, you know, self-destruction or not even choose it. It's just the natural inclination of, of humans sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but one little, now that we're talking all deep, I, I kind of feel bad bringing it back a little bit to an <laughs> Easter egg. But the fort is Fort Waller, and I love that little detail. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so nice. many little DC Easter eggs in this sure. story. And that kind of stuff's fun, um, for sure. When he, when he sprinkles fun. that stuff, and it's not... if And that's what I mean of... If you get it, awesome. You don't need to know the name of this fort. You don't need mm-hmm. to know why is it Waller? What's that mean? You can just read, oh, it's Fort Waller, and you just keep going. But then there's others mm-hmm. who will read Fort Waller and be like, oh, that's kind of fun. And it's just like a fun little fun little spice on top. Yeah. But you can still enjoy the meal and or understand it going forward. Notice how I corrected myself. Not enjoy, understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you almost caught yourself liking it. Almost, there. I saw yeah. That. <laughs> ah, I'm lying to myself and my audience. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, um, so you like I was, the Joker? I do. I love the Joker in this story, um, okay. and I know some people probably despise how the Joker's portrayed here. But all throughout Snyder's run, the Joker saw himself as as Batman's very best friend. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, and everything he did, even if you go back to like Death of the Family and Endgame, he thought he was improving Batman with everything that he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. He was trying to, to make the best Batman, um, which is such a fun take on Joker. And here after the jet, uh, after the Joker has been uh, decapitated and left in a jar, his head in a jar, all he wants to do. He's so thrilled that Batman is here and he just wants to be by Batman's side the entire time. Even I think the Joker has some hilarious lines in this book. Um, when he's trying to remember knock knock jokes and stuff like that, the first joke when he's like, when he says who's he, or tells him who's there or whatever, he's like, ah shit, I was supposed to start with knock knock, wasn't I? Ah, mm. so and, and there's moments like that throughout the book that I just found funny with the Joker. Um, Go back and listen to Death of the Family episode, and I think I gushed about Snyder's Joker. Uh, when we get to Endgame, I will gush about the Joker. Uh, it's peaks and valleys in the story for me on Joker. Some of really? it I enjoy and some of it I don't. Uh, I don't have any fresh examples of either. Mm. I think the point in what you said in his what stands out to me that I did like is his insistence on wanting to be be called like Robin, you know, yeah, and wanted to be his Robin. And in the end, the payoff of that that does work for me because like you said, I love the, the relationship of Batman and Joker in, Mm -hmm. in darker tone, like the dark Knight, 
or lighter tome and brave and the bold like you name it i do like the the irony of that that matchup of batman versus joker and from many different angles i i love that so here i just remember some lines i just glossed over and just kept going other ones i did take a second to appreciate because i did like it and then yeah like i said that payoff of wanting to be robin that worked for me well and there's even that moment uh near the beginning when they're when they're going through the wasteland and there's the speed force storm yeah and uh batman and joker have a horse with them and the Mm -hmm. horse and and batman tells the the joker I would make this horse Robin before I made you Robin. Yeah. <laughs> and right then is when the horse gets hit by the lightning and, and ages to death because of the speed storm and the speed force storm. And <laughs> Joker tells him, Oh, look, another Robin dead already. And so, or something like that. And it's, it's like, uh, even though Joker's, you know, a little more of a sidekick in this story, he still can't help, but be a dick. Yeah. He likes to poke the bear. He does. So, but the Joker wants oh, to be held, or he wants Batman to take him because he's like, I'll tell you. Well, now let's play catch up. The opening scene of Batman going to Crime Alley. I mm-hmm. think it was the opening to book two. Here, what's really interesting in for the Hoopla version is, and I don't know if any other version has this either, you don't know where book one ends, book two starts, book two ends, book three starts. It just goes That's by the how chapters. the omnibus is laid out as well. Okay. But there are three flashbacks, if you will. Batman going to Mm -hmm. Crime Alley, Batman talking to Joe Chill, and then Batman uh, on the roof of GCPD with Gordon. They end by just the next page. You're in this. Well, in, in the in book one, you end up in the asylum. But in books two and three, you end up in the apocalypse. What's. So that's something that just I can't figure out to me, like what? Because Joker tries to explain it in a big, sorry, but a wordy explanation to me towards the end of what those three uh, scenes are. What do they add up to? Because to me, I don't think that they, I don't think that's very clear. Well, so if you notice every time, um, every time one of those flashback scenes of what happened. Mm-hmm. goes on it ends with batman waking up so he's dreaming this memory every time so like in the second book uh he's he's woke up by joker after he meets after he's he's having the dream about going to joe chill's house mm-hmm. and you know he's he's telling chill that he's you know found DNA that matches the kid matches Joe chill. So, you know, it's Joe chills kid, even though he knows that Joe chill doesn't have a child and all this. And, you know, it, it ends with Joe chills house catching on fire. And then Batman wakes up and it's Joker in front of him. You know, so Joker has woke him up. So, so the, the Joe chill part specifically, that's just a dream. Well, no, it is. It's so, do you remember the part about all these these Detective 27s being created? Yeah. They get, this is an actual memory. Okay, so then that takes so, you back even further than who was this mm-hmm. ghost kid. Okay, so at the Zombie end... Zombie 10-year-old ex- Bruce, as I like to think of. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end, it's explained that Joker set all this up. And it's one of those things, again, where Joker was trying to 
improve Batman because he called it, he, he thought of it as his last case to try to improve Batman because he did the chalk lines. He messed up the DNA. He put this kid in the alley. Um, he rigged, you know, the arm with the gun and all that good stuff. So this was all Joker. So, but okay. But the, it's still call me dumb. The kid <laughs> that does, it still does not connect to me on even saying the Joker. Oh, he put this kid who looked like he was a zombie in crime alley. Okay. Where mm-hmm. in Bruce's history? Cause this is a, now a memory of Bruce's history. Where does that fit in? What was this kid then? Cause it looks like, and then how does that make Batman stronger? But you know what I mean? So I think that's one of those Joker rationale things where okay. it, Joker is, is, Kind of like, you know, when he made Batman think he was he was uh, cutting off the Bat family's face in mm-hmm. Death of the Family. It, yeah. Joker's twisted sensibility is the more I, I mess with these trigger points for Batman, the more I can maybe improve him. So history, obviously a dead kid in Crime Alley, you know, that looks a lot like Bruce Wayne as a child you know, is one of those trigger points that Joker in his Hmm. twisted mind thinks will affect Batman. Um, Because I think ultimately what Joker's trying to do is I think he thinks an insane Batman is the way to go. You know, that's the best Batman is a crazy Batman. So if I can drive him crazy, then he'll be the best Batman. Hmm. That's the way I take it. Hey, but then I think, when you see here. when you see this Joker in this book, and you see what's happened, and you find out who the main villain is, I think Joker has finally realized now. Oh, this is not the, you know the Batman that I wanted is not the best Batman. Okay, does that make sense? Not as much. <laughs> okay, but, but that's okay. That's okay. That's I. Who who am I to say? Scott Snyder, this doesn't make sense. Like right. this, this is probably, this is me not putting the pieces together, which is completely <laughs> possible, <laughs> but it also, it's just like something with it. And maybe you are just like telling me, no, this is what it is. You're saying that's how you took it, but maybe that's actually what it is. There's just something in that. It's like, this just doesn't, it's not working for me. It doesn't work. I, right. Well, it, I'm not and I think that's the thing to with this story. It. It's just not clicking to me. I'm like, an aha moment. I'm like, Oh, okay. Instead it's almost like, and I think no, that that's, I, I think that's a, there's a lot to this story that's ambiguous and sure. it's kind of, you know, um, Snyder is, is letting, he's writing the story, but I think he's also letting you interpret some things mm-hmm. because there's also like, there's, there's sort of an inconsistency with the, with the memories that the Batman, that, that, you know, the, the new detective 27 wakes up with. Yeah. Because if you go back to like super heavy, you know, it says that every Batman that wakes up will wake up at the point uh, where he, you know, he won't have any of the, the memories past the um, yes, father, I should become a bat. Yeah. Like that's his moment to to become Batman, and then he makes his own future and memories and things like that. And then in this book, it seems like each Batman has the memories of the past Batman. Hmm. So I don't know. There's a lot of ambiguity to it. 
I can go and, with that and I can like with ambiguity. It's not that I'm against ambiguity. I like it at times mm-hmm. and other times I, I want definitive. So uh, this is one of those cases. I don't know. Maybe he, he provided both. Maybe <laughs> not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, but we can move on. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about. Well, first of all, in my book, it says page 134. Um, it reminds me of the devil's snare from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. The the red, it looks like red vines. But it's like, the more you struggle, the tighter it gets. <laughs> oh, so this is when they've gotten into Gotham. Yep. Okay. So we are in Gotham now and Omega. Now, how do you want to completely... One word to get Ryan to unplug is to say Omega. Oh, you not don't like my Omega thing. That's that <laughs> is not my thing. Um, but I was going to read this book beginning to end for you, Eric Carter, so we can have a discussion. <laughs> and I appreciate that, Ryan. But I knew that I remembered Back when I read the first or book three and Omega and stuff then, and I was like, I Omega, what? Um, more clear now than it was then mm. to me. Um, Omega, if you have spoiler alert, I guess. I mean, by now, you're, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're in. Yes, just go for it. <laughs> Omega is the original Bruce Wayne. He, that's the Question? way it's that's the way it's laid out in the book. I okay. don't think so. And okay. I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Um the way that it's described what happened to Bruce when he opened the door because mm-hmm. it's pretty graphic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear about, you know, his him being trampled, you know, his his teeth being knocked out, his tongue being ripped out. You know, it it leads you to believe he was dead. Yeah. I think he was. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, I don't think this is the original Bruce. Now, it very well could be. You could ask Scott Snyder and he could tell you, yeah, that's the original Bruce. This is what happened. But if you remember back in the um back in the soup in the Superman Lex section, mm-hmm. when everything went wrong, Lex said we even tried to create a new Batman. And it went horribly wrong and it didn't work. I think this is that Batman that went wrong. I would go more along with what you're saying, because I think that we get Wonder Woman or we Wonder Woman explained what happened to the original Batman. Right. When she said that, well, his tongue was ripped vaguely. Yeah. Okay. That was Omega telling, telling about the tongue being ripped out and stuff like that. It discredits all of this at this point that I keep calling exposition. If mm. well, that part that we told you, we didn't show you. We just told you about, yeah, that part's not true. Oh, but everything else is. It's like once, once you, it's almost like to me with all that, once you lie about one detail, well, then the rest could Which, fall what, apart what, too. What lie? Like, no, oh, this. So we're led to believe during what happened at the hall of justice, that Batman was killed. Uh, huh. She's just telling us that of like giving us the history lesson of what happened. And then, you know, and 
up to this point, she keeps filling us in on what happened, what happened that I keep saying is, you know, we're, we're on this journey and she's just informing us of, oh yeah, this happened and this happened and this happened. Right. One of those details that she tells us is that Batman died. Okay. Well, if, if he didn't really die because this is him at the end of the story, well then how do we know all this other stuff that you've been setting us up also happened? Well, you know, it's like, if you're going to tell us and, and that's show us, and that's well, why we- I don't think, I don't think that she is lying. Like I said, I do think Batman died. And that's where I think I am with you on that, because if I'm not to believe what you think and lead that, then it kind of crumbles even more for me. So Mm -hmm. I want to believe. So the Lex Luthor part of we tried to create a Batman. There he is at the end. Mm-hmm. He's a corrupt. And see, and one of the reasons I think this is because this this Batman that you see at the end, yeah, he's pretty scarred up. But from the description of what happened to him at the Hall of Justice, I mean, he looks mm-hmm. pretty good. If that's him, <laughs> um, yeah, he just looks like he's been in some wars and he's been victorious. And I think his scars, I think his scars are what happened to him when, um, when you know the Legion of Doom and and the heroes that were left figured out, oh, this is not good. I think yeah. this was an attack. You know, this was the final battle or whatever. But yeah, I don't think this Batman is the is the Batman that we've seen all the way through the new fifty two. So then what's his basically as we see up through this, this Omega person is is it anti life? Yeah, equation? so he's modified the anti life equation. He's killed Darkseid. Um so he has Darkseid's head on a on a pike. And yeah. he has taken over the anti-life equation, equation and he's modified it. R.I.P. Uh, Peter Vera. There you go. Anyways, carry yeah, on. Yeah, Uxus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he's he's uh, he's modified the anti-life equation to basically turn uh, the world and Gotham into what he thinks is right. You know. Yeah. To to Which, restore order. I mean, classic bad guy. Am I right? <laughs> so I mean, yeah. when you get to, when you get to that point, like. That part makes sense, but also, like, I can't even remember fully of like why does he want it this way? What's the, what's the big like? This is why I need it, but also because for me and a villain, and with that, it's like that just sounds. Sometimes a villain's just a villain, man. Yeah. So because of I think because of the memory, um, because I do think this this I do think when they say they created a Batman, I think they used Bruce's machine to create a Batman. Hmm. Um, and it went, you know, obviously the Legion of doom, probably not the best people to be making a Batman. Um, I think he had some of those memories that we're talking about that each Batman gets when they, you know, the detective 27, when they wake up, they have memories. I think this corrupted Batman's uh, memory of what happened at the hall of justice is what caused him to, to do what he's done in this book. Gotcha. You know, he's already corrupted. He has this memory of, well, uh, I tried to help the world and look what they did for me. So. Okay. And I know that (laughs) I can tell that's not working for you, Ryan. (laughs) I love the art. (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> I well as I, long as there's something for you to enjoy you know yeah and that's where I don't I'm not I wanted to have a discussion not a because uh, I would never just shit on a book either um 
disgusts the well, book. And, and, and with a book stuff, like this, so. I mean, it's it's so complex, and you have to put a lot of thought into so much of it. I mean, it's yeah. not your it's not your your Batman Hush, where it's just a straight adventure, you know, fun little mystery. There's a lot to, to Snyder. Snyder expects a lot of the reader here, I think, because yeah. you really have to you really have to think about what you're reading. And I'm not saying it's uh, I'm not making that criticism of uh, oh you just don't get it or anything like that because I yeah. mean you can get this story and still not like it. Yeah. So and there are parts of we've you've you've heard me already at this point of parts that I didn't get. You explain mm. them, I got them, and then I still just didn't like that result. Right. Um, yeah. Before I comment on the art, so then that last, that part, chapter 10, so ultimately, or part 10, what Lex was trying to do ends up succeeding at the very end then. We yeah, get well, Batman. New, Batman did it. Be- well, sorry. Because Batman, because Lex Luthor is the second smartest man in the world behind Batman. So what Lex Luthor was trying to do, Batman could. Yeah. And so we get a which new was Superman, a birth yeah. of Superman, basically. Yeah. Which, so Lex was trying to open a wormhole uh, to an alternate universe or something like that and bring Kal-El to our world. And he was failing over and over and over again. Um, and that's where Batman, I see- I'm, I lean both ways with this because at the uh-huh. end it's a big, it's a triumphant moment because Superman's here. It's like, but this is a Batman mm-hmm. book. But then also, and, and that can, it kind of gives the spotlight of like, what's the underlying uh, vibe here. It's like Superman born again, but that's almost a slight pessimistic view. Cause the, the optimistic view there is Superman is as we've seen everything, like he's hero number one. You know, they they feel like we mm. need we need a Superman. We need Superman. The Justice League feels that mm. way. Batman is the only one that was able to get this done where we have Superman again. So it right. does bring it back around to the importance of Batman. Without him, mm. you wouldn't have this triumphant moment at the very end. So that's kind of like where I right. like to lean. I think initial reaction is the pessimistic side. But then it's like, no, no, no. Pause. Think about it. And then I can be like, oh, yeah, Batman is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, Superman and Clark Kent is Bruce Wayne's best friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, of course, this Batman would want a Superman in his world. Yeah. I mean, he has he has all of these memories of these past, you know, Batman that are best friends with Clark Kent. Of course, he would want that. I mean, yeah. if, you know, if you could. Repli- if you didn't have your best friend and you could replicate them, you know, and have, have him there, you would. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I, I love that what Lex Luthor couldn't do at the end, of course, Batman could, cause it's, he's Batman. He's, he's Batman. Uh, and I love this final suit that Batman's in at the end of the book. Uh, it's not a yellow oval, but it's a yellow bat and it's so, blue. There you go. And blue cape and cow. So, I mean, that's cool. Uh, Joker is very happy as Robin. <laughs> jo- Joker Robin. <laughs> yeah. <Good for> <laughs> uh, I love that little arc, that little, that when he gets the, the Tim Drake Robin suit earlier in the book, mm-hmm. uh, the, the mech suit. Yeah. And he's, he's got the mask on the inside of the suit and he's talk he's telling Batman, 
I, I didn't know. I, you know, I saw this mask floating by. Uh, I put it on. I didn't know whether it should be on the inside or outside. Robin would have had it on the outside, wouldn't he? Damn it. And, <laughs> yeah. and then at the end of the book, he's got the mask on the outside of the jar. So, yeah. like I said, I That's love good. the Joker humor in this book. The the look, um, like I'll just say again, I think I love the art in here. I think Capolo gets to do some, the very beginning feels a little reminiscent of some of the dark stuff and shadowy stuff that he did in the new 52 run, which is comfortable because it was like more of stuff that I already loved. Um, but then he really gets mm-hmm. to kind of go all over the place here with, with stuff. I'm not huge on any of the other designs of characters, the apocalyptic uh designs but i mean the art the art's fantastic throughout he does such a good job yeah i mean i absolutely love greg capullo art um no that these character designs are not my favorite but i don't think they're intended to be either um you know if you say take the dc characters and put a mad max aesthetic on them what would they look like if it was you know, a, a post-apocalyptic world. You, mm-hmm. I mean, I think uh, Greg Capullo knew what the assignment was. Yeah. So, I mean, even if the, even if they're not your favorite and they're not my favorite, um, but I still, th- I still think Wonder Woman looks pretty cool. The Mohawk. Even with the, even with the Mohawk. <laughs> the Mohawk Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else that oh, you want to touch I on? I really like, yeah, so uh, the the Omega Batman's number one lieutenant is kind of this uh, Scarecrow Bane mashup, where yeah, it's I, where it's a it, kind of a zombified Bane, but he carries around this legless Scarecrow. <laughs> I love it. It is so zany and crazy, but it's almost like uh, it's almost like some of those weird double bosses in a video game. Yeah, I get you. Or even, and you would be the perfect person to ask this. I can never remember. Oh, is, is it Krang from the Ninja Turtles? Yeah, it's Krang. With, yeah, it, it reminds <laughs> me of that. Like this big guy toting around this little guy. It reminds me of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Scarecrow's fingers make me think of Scarecrow from the Arkham games. Yes. Uh, definitely the long ass needles. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's weird, but I don't hate it, but it's nowhere near my favorite, uh, scarecrow interpretation either. Bane looks pretty much like Bane. So I like that. Uh, that works for me. Well, I mean, scarecrow is something different, great. but that thing comes, look how that great thing of comes, a cover that is Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> that thing, that scarecrow comes crawling toward me in an alley be the fastest I've ever run in my life. So I, well, yeah, mission I mean, accomplished mission accomplished. Then it's supposed to be scary. <laughs> Nasty so. ass spider. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's hop into some favorites. You want to do that? Okay. You got some favorites. Sure. I have some favorites too. This story. I'm excited to hear. Your I have favorites. favorites. Nice. Eric, what is your uh, favorite part of last night on earth? Um, so can I cheat a tiny bit? Cause Judges? I have my favorite and then I have a yeah. tiny bit, bit of a honorable mention. All right, go for it. So the honorable mention is, uh, when he's, when Batman is in the, uh, the Amazonian bunker hideout or whatever, uh-huh. 
is when he's talking to the little boy and the little All boy right. is terrified because you know, they're, they're going, the Amazon plan is to take them down into Hades where it's pitch black. And Bruce is sitting here talking to this little boy and the little boy saying, well, you're Batman. Can you see in the dark? And he's telling him how scared he is and everything. Yeah. And it ends with the little boy saying, well, we can't make noise. Uh, and Batman telling about echolocation and that's how bats communicate. And he says, well, we can't make noise. And Bruce tells him, well, we can make noise right now. And they yell, you know, they yell hello together. I love that moment. I think that's, it's just kind of heartwarming. And it's like, you know, this big, you know, you think of Batman as this bruiser and, you know, just asshole sometimes. And then you got this, you know, just neat little warming, heartwarming moment. Um, nice. But my favorite part, ah, because okay. I love, but I love callbacks to older Snyder stuff. And this is a callback all the way to the Court of Owls. I love when Batman and Diana get to Gotham. They're uh, confronted by the Court of Owls, and the leader is Dick Grayson. Yeah. I love that part because Dick Grayson was destined to be a Talon in the Court of Owls story way back at the beginning of the New 52, and now he is in the Court of Owls, but he's changed the Court of Owls into something good. Yeah. I really like that. Nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. Bravo. Uh, I gotta say, I don't have an honorable mention because my favorite part is uh, definitely the asylum part. That's a good part. For everything that we've already mentioned with it, I do like the mystery of what's really happening here. We're supposed to be accepting what is being presented to us, but we are just like Bruce. We know this Mm. isn't this isn't all that it seems. And so then it was exciting and fun to go with him on the discovery of what's really going on. And it's before everything Mm. goes batshit crazy. Yes. How about a favorite panel? Uh, So favorite panel again, this one's a hard one, Ryan, because of how much I like uh, Snyder or Capullo art, but man, it's this last page in the first book. This uh, oh, yeah, Batman cool. walking through the desert, you know, this is reddish purple page. You can see just a little bit of the purple in Batman's cape, the silhouetted, just scary looking Batman. And then you see the Joker in that jar under his arm. I love yeah. that, that panel. That's so if I had to choose a favorite, that would be the one that I pick. Nice. Uh, mine is the third page into book one, the first panel of Batman with the boy under the umbrella. There's no dialogue. It's just an image underneath the street lamp in the rain, Batman silhouette and the boy under the umbrella. I just That's love a really that good image. One. If you like, you could just have that picture by itself and you could come up with something about it and how representative it is of that was like, you could look at it as that was Bruce. And now look at he's Batman, like something really, really great about that that image. Well, what I like about that image is something I think I can say about my favorite image as well. And it's something you say all the time. You can look at those images and form a story in your mind. Yeah. Yep. Like, like with that one, you know, with the one you picked, you can, you can go all kinds of different directions. What's going on in this alley. But then the one I picked, it's like, 
man, this can go in all kinds of crazy. What is yeah. going on? So, yeah. so yeah, good, good pick. The imagination gets to run wild. Uh, would you like to see this adapted in animation? Uh, no, I would no. not. <laughs> Whoa. No. What a twist. Um, so there's certain books that I think lend themselves to adaptation and there's certain stories that I think don't. Okay. Um, I don't think an animated version of this would be received well because it, it is very high concept and there's a lot of detail and a lot going on. And I, I just don't know how you, I just don't know how you translate this into something easily digestible for an audience. I think it's better uh, served in, in book form. Hmm. Um, I think if you if you look at something more recently like Injustice, which worked so great as a comic series from Tom Taylor, and you know I like it. I think you like kind of like it, um, and I've seen a few people like it, but it did not get received well. So yeah. I think there's some stuff like this, and I think this book is one of them that just doesn't probably wouldn't translate well to motion media. This is one that in first time in a while that. I think I think could be it wouldn't need additional story added on to fulfill a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, of you don't necessarily have to read anything going into this. You could just go right into it. Um, but as far as me, would I like to see it adapted in animation? No, I think I'd rather <laughs> there are other Batman stories. I would definitely like to see their attempt at before this one. And it's not because I hate it. I don't hate it. I think I've talked about things that don't connect with me and why I don't love it. And there are so many Batman stories I do love that I would like to see them take a, a crack at before this one. But if it was well, announced that this was coming out, I would buy it because it's Batman and I would watch it objectively oh yeah, for sure because it's Batman. So, well, and I think the thing is, I mean, if you look at the entire Snyder Capullo run and you say, which one, which one of these arcs would you adapt in animation? Last night on earth is not the first one you're going <laughs> to. Yeah. Write. I don't think that that would be <laughs> number one. Oh, last night on earth. Or we riot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, Eric, do you have any final thoughts on this story? Batman last night on earth. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know how good of a job I've done convincing anybody that this is, you know, this is a Batman book you should read, but I definitely think so. Um, I mean, if you haven't read it, you can get a lot more out of the story just so far as details and things that we haven't, we did, we don't obviously don't have time to, to tell you here. Uh, it's, it's one that is, it's very, for lack of a better term, Grant Morrison esque. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of high concept ideas here. Um, and there's a lot of things there, there's a lot of things that are really complex and complicated and some stuff again like we've said it, throughout this this episode that is left ambiguous and leaves it up to you to think about and what do you think about what happened here or there uh, but at the end of the day it's one that I I really really enjoy it's it's by no means my favorite of the Snyder run um but it's I think it's a fitting end for if you want to put a beginning and an end on the on the Snyder Capullo run mm-hmm. so I like it yeah it's a it's a really fun read for me there you go I don't hate it 
Uh, I don't think I like it that much. Um, <laughs> and I know that sounds funny, but I mean, okay. Robert Pattinson said, and I think it's the, the total film article that mm-hmm. he doesn't think that there has been, that he knows there are some Batman movies that get, that get shit, but he doesn't think that a bad one has been made yet. Each one accomplished what it set out trying to do. Mm -hmm. I think I do fall kind of in that camp of it's hard for me to come across something Batman that I just flat out hate. Um, Mm -hmm. So there are levels of not liking, I think, and this is one. It was not a chore to go back and read it again. Uh, I was not dreading that you were, I knew cause you told me you gave me the heads up quite a while ago. This was your next mm. choice. I wasn't dreading it. I wasn't, I was looking forward to reading it kind of fresh. I remembered the, there are parts of it that I remembered. I remembered the opening and the, um, the asylum part and stuff. And I wasn't dreading rereading it. I was hoping that I would read it again and that more would connect and I would like it more than I did first, first read, um, mm-hmm. more connected. I don't know that I liked it more than when I read it before. Um, so, I mean, I will read it again. Uh, it's probably going to be a while before I do that. Why um, do you hate Scott Snyder, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I know he has reached out to me and asked me to keep his name out of my mouth. I don't know how many times. Um, he's going to send out and one of his. Are you sure you weren't assassins. dreading this? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and it sounds weird. It, I know to be like, I, I don't like it. And it's like, oh, my God, we get the points. It's a, I'm a little more clear on these feelings than I am with RIP. But yet I could still I, touched, I just mentioned to you that I almost bought the hardcover of this book. It may become a purchase for on the bat shelf one day because there are elements of it that I do really like. So that's good enough for me to at least revisit a Batman book. So um, mm-hmm. there you go. There's my final thoughts. Nice. And before well, we let you else, go, there's some cool art to look at. Oh yeah. There's great art. And the asylum part is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But before we let you go, definitely got mm-hmm. to uh, tell the good folks in case they didn't see it that there was a poll on the last episode after the last episode, Batman in January that I put out on the Twitter at the Batman BC. Um, Want to get you those results. It was the question. I think it's become pretty monthly after the wrap up episodes it said of those listed, which Batman comic was your favorite in January? Uh, Eric, 32% of the fine folks who voted voted for Batman. The night number one. Did you happen to participate in this poll? I did, and Ooh, I am among that 32%. <gasps> yeah. I really like that story, uh, the, or the first issue of what we got. I, I really enjoyed it. There was not – I wasn't expecting to not like it. Uh, had Chip Zdarsky. The guy's on fire. Mm-hmm. He's writing good stuff. So uh, I was I was excited to see what he was coming up with, and yeah, that story, that's what I, I – I voted in the pool myself. That was my pick as well. I loved Batman that night. So uh, that's the Batman poll comes out after every episode is released. So just make sure to go to Twitter at the Batman BC for the last night on earth poll, which you'll have to go there to find out what that is. So 
Eric Carter, my friend, uh, I thank you for coming on to the Batman Book Club once again. This has been a this has been a good discussion and a fun discussion. Well, I'm glad you think so, and and I okay, I want to commend you, Ryan, for uh, even if you don't necessarily like a story, or maybe you don't get the appeal of the story. I like that you, it's a Batman story, and you still want it on the show. If somebody Absolutely. wants to talk about it. It's a Batman. Story I mean, with the Batman. Valid. Right. I mean, with the Batman R.I.P. episode, it's the same thing. I mean, yeah. even though it doesn't appeal to you, it's Batman and it deserves to be talked about. So I think that's awesome that you do that. Well, bless your soul, Eric Carter. Why don't you come back on the show? OK, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> What's your I next like one? It. If you choose metal, I'm going to say no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, if people are not following you now, why don't you go ahead and plug away? Where can people uh, hear more and read more from you? Uh, so for my, just my personal accounts, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at me Carter 89. That's M E Carter 89. Um, my podcast, the fire rises, a Batman podcast, uh, can be found on just about any platform that you listen to podcasts on Podbean, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify. Uh, but you can find our social media accounts at, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And that's at TFR Batpod. And uh, now we actually have a companion blog. Our first, uh, our first review or, or first blog entry is up on there. And by the time this episode drops, I should have the second entry on there, which is going to be a review of the omnibus that we talked about today, yeah. the volume two Snyder and Capullo omnibus. So you can find that um, at tfrbatpod.blogspot.com. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, your your blog on the Technic, uh, the Batman Batmobile is pretty great. Well done. Oh, thank you. Well done, sir. That's an uh, awesome car. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> uh, can't wait to see it in like four weeks. Anyways, so if you want, if you aren't already, you can follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC for latest episode drops, upcoming episodes, and sometimes even some giveaways. If you have any questions or comments. You can write them to thebatmanbc at gmail.com. Make sure if you'd like to uh, enjoy some other fun little extras, you can subscribe to the Batman Book Club YouTube channel. And if you want to help support the show, you can do that through Patreon. Like I said at the top of the show, patreon.com slash thebatmanbc. Or you can help support the show with merchandise from T Public. But if you want to help the show and you don't want to spend any money at all, you can, that is 100% A-OK. The best way to do that is through rate and review on apple podcasts yes the uh, a link to the rate and review page is in the description of this episode the more reviews the batman book club gets the more it helps spread the word and as we all know the word is panic so for me carter 89 i am ryan lauer and until next time read more batman comics